be to God. He gives me a relationship. I think, Roger, you said something along those lines. 1 Corinthians 2, 11 and 16 tells me, who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except who? Who knows the thoughts of God? What? Okay. Specifically, the spirit of God. That's who knows the thoughts of God. So the Spirit is the one connecting me. How does he connect me most visually today? This word right here. Spirit knows the thoughts of God, and this is how the Spirit has given me those thoughts so I can read it each and every day, and I can know the mind of my Creator. We can have, um, as it says in, in Philippians, we can have the mind of Christ. I have fellowship with God because I am tapped into God. His spirit inside of me means I am accepted by God, and it implies I have a purpose in this life. Uh, you know, we can think about lots of different people, rich and famous. I have one on here. Um, the people who, who've reached the top of, of wherever they are in their lives or their careers or their hobbies or whatever, um, and they end up saying, is this all there is? is? Is this trophy on the wall the only thing you've got for me? And God tells us, yes, there is more than this. There is a lot more than this. The richest and the most famous people in the world don't have what we in this room can have. We are connected to God, and so we have value, and we have purpose, and we have a reason to exist, and that is something that, unless they're Christians too, no one else can touch. Number three, I have that God's Spirit has a ministry of making me righteous. 2 Corinthians 3.9 tells me that the Holy Spirit has a ministry that brings righteousness. His objective is to make me righteous. Galatians 5 tells me how I walk in the Spirit. We already listed those. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, so on. The Spirit's ministry, the Spirit's work is to make me righteous. His job is is to change me, to change my mind, to tinker with my mind, but then ultimately let that lead into action. Now, of course, non-Christians, people without the Spirit, they can be kind, generous people too, maybe even more um, than we are sometimes, but without the Spirit's ministry inside of me, I can't be made righteous. I can be kind, I can be generous, I can be all those different things, but I can't be righteous. Number four, the Spirit of God is there to comfort me. John 14, 16, Jesus promised, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, the Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you forever. How does the Spirit comfort us? How is that a way he provides for us? What does the Spirit do that gives me comfort? Gives me hope. How does he give me hope? This book is the greatest hope we'll ever have. Says that a sinner like me can be redeemed and have a relationship with God, even though I have separated myself. Without this book, I probably would know there's something wrong. That something in this world just isn't right. I might try to find other ways of fixing it, but. I never would succeed at that. But this book that the Holy Spirit has given us allows us to see, no, even though this world is broken and stained by sin, there is hope. There is hope of eternal life. There is hope even today, before that eternal life begins, that I am able to see my purpose um, that God has for me in this life. How else, other than the Word, can the Spirit comfort me? 
He fills that hole. He gives me a sense of purpose. We said that. Brings others to us. How does prayer comfort us? Okay. Jesus is our intercessor. He's interceding for us, but the Spirit involved in this. How does prayer otherwise comfort us? Okay. So this book is us listening, right? Prayer is our avenue to talk. Prayer is our avenue to say to God, this is what's going on in my life. How do I live for you? How do I give my life to you? And prayer um, allow, it comforts me in that life. Romans 8.26 says, the Spirit helps us in our, our weaknesses, or excuse me, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit does intercede for us with groans that words cannot express. I mix that up. Even when I can't find the words to express my emotions, God's Spirit steps in and intercedes for me. He, he understands my sorrows and my difficulties and, my, and communicates those directly to God. The Spirit of God supplies me with things that I can't supply for myself. His hands are bigger than mine, like we said this morning. We can't obtain those blessings any other way, but the Spirit of God can satisfy our thirst and fill us with the overflowing blessings of God. Now, if that's all true, then why don't more Christians have all these blessings in their life? Why aren't more Christians assured of their salvation? Why aren't more Christians moving towards righteousness? Why aren't more Christians comforted? Why are they always worrying? Why, when we're supposed to be marked by the Spirit, do we not have the, what, the blessings that the Spirit can provide? We get distracted? Yeah. Have you ever met a Christian who's unhappy, not content? Why don't they reflect the spirit or the, the blessings of God's spirit in their lives? Well, here's the deal. The spirit is ready to provide. In order to receive the blessings of God's spirit, we need to let him do it. Galatians 5.16 says that we should live by the spirit. Verse 25 says, since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. So in order to receive the blessings from God's spirit, we need to let him work inside of us. One man told of a time, uh, he sat on a bank of a river and he picked up a, a solid round stone from the water. He broke it open and what did he find? And outside was wet, right? What was the inside like when he broke it open? Perfectly dry. Not a drop of water got in. He was a hard shell to what he, so even though he was surrounded by, that rock was surrounded by water, it never got in. The shell prevented it. And it's the same with us. There are Christians who sit right here in the middle of a group of spirit-filled spirit people, but they never let him do anything with their lives. They never open their lives up to, to living and walking by God's Spirit. So how do I do that? How do I live my life for God's Spirit? How do I walk, as it says in Galatians 5, in God's Spirit? You might even ask, how do I fill my life with the Spirit of God? How do we do it? Overflowing with thanksgiving. Absolutely. Helping others. Okay. Pray without ceasing. We can just go through all the little three-word commands throughout Scripture. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> we can look at the fruits of the Spirit and see how we can develop those in our lives. But I want to look at a particular passage in Ephesians 5, verse 18. It says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with 
with the Spirit. So how do I become filled with the Spirit? The next few verses tell us. Verse 19, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Surround yourself with songs that glorify God. And I love that around the building we've got all these little frames up that have lyrics to songs in them because I can be walking around the building by myself here and they all get stuck in my head as, I am, as I'm going around. Or we've got Roger's sing-along that we did today where we learn new songs and we let those words fester on our hearts. Um, the funeral we just did, Gerald had a um, voicemail from Anne um, where she was singing, uh, which one was it? When the roll is called up yonder. Uh, and that was what she was, Anne was thinking about before um, she left us. We can and we should immerse ourselves in those songs that bring us closer to God. Now, of course, you can still be a Christian and not listen to music like that. This isn't a, a matter of salvation. You can entertain yourself any way you wish and still be a child of God. But this verse here in uh, Ephesians 5 assures me that if I want to be filled with God's Spirit, this is something I want to make part of my lifestyle. Verse 20 says, always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So how often should I give thanks? Always. For what should I give thanks? Everything. There are people in this world who just don't do that. They wake up every morning and they are unhappy with everything. They'll moan and they'll groan about all the things they don't have and all the troubles and all the challenges of their lives. They'll tell you um, about all of their aches and pains. They're thankful for little, but unhappy for a whole lot. But spirit-filled Christians just aren't like that. They wake up every morning with a list of everything that God has provided for them, and they are thankful for those things. Now, again, you can be a Christian even if you're not there yet. You can be a Christian even if you are always giving thanks. It's not going to be pleasing to God, but this isn't a matter of salvation, but you won't be walking in the Spirit. And lastly, verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And this means to be Spirit-filled people. We need to become servants of others. We need to honor our parents and love our wives and respect our husbands and serve um, our bosses and pray for that politician that we don't like and on and on and on. Now, we can still be Christians and not always live like that, but we're going to miss out on the blessings God's Spirit can give us. So my point is this, walking in the Spirit requires me to think differently than this world does. The world doesn't listen to music that glorifies God. We should, and that's how we can um, uh, be filled with the Spirit, but why should they? They don't belong to Him, and the world doesn't focus on giving thanks. They're more focused on uh, what they believe they deserve to have and what they don't have. They don't have a God who's looking out for their needs, so they have no hope for anything better. And the world doesn't focus on submitting to other people. And with no God to protect them, the main focus has to be on them. How do they preserve their power, their position, even their lives? If they don't look out for themselves, who's going to? The world promises satisfaction, and yet it always comes up empty. The, the reason is the world is looking in all the wrong places for the answers. After uh, World War I, Lawrence of Arabia brought some of his Arab friends to Paris, and he showed them the sights of the city, the Ark of Triumph, the Louvre, the Napoleon's tomb. None of those things impressed them um, as much as when they went into an apartment. And what really intrigued them in that apartment was the faucet on the bathtub, because they spent so much time just turning it on and off, on and off. And they found it amazing that they could just turn a single handle and have all the water they wanted. 
You know, later when they were uh, ready to leave Paris, return to the East, Lawrence found them in a room with wrenches. They were trying to get these faucets off. You see, it's very dry in Arabia, they said. What we need are faucets. If we have them, we will have all the water we want. They looked for water in the wrong place. And the world looks for satisfaction to their thirst in the wrong place too. God tells us that the thirst in our life can only be satisfied by allowing his spirit to guide our lives, and the spirit is waiting to provide, but first we have to receive him. Peter told us pretty clearly how we do that. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then as Christians, We have to continue walking in him and to receive what he wants to provide us with. The assurance of our salvation, the connection with God, the ministry of making us righteous, and the comfort that only he can provide. So if we can help you with that today, if you're ready to repent and be baptized, or if you need the the help and the support and the encouragement of this congregation to keep walking in the Spirit, now's the time to come to the front of the room.